Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. A new head coach and boy genius Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. We are officially nine days away from the start of the Miami Dolphins 2022 season. And that's not even the best part because it's Friday and we are back once again with a brand new episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. We have lots to talk about, but before we get into all of that, let me welcome in the greatest co-host in the world, the one, the only, Jake Mendel. Jake, it's Friday, baby. How you doing today, man? Josh, it's Friday right before a three-day weekend, and that is definitely the best part. Uh, short and sweet, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired, but it's a good tired. This whole week has been one big content producing machine. We have four podcasts from Finsider Radio, uh, the Jake and Josh show on this feed. Be sure to look out for the blowhole, another show that's going to be on this feed. And you might even see something from the SB Nation show. But man, I, I'm, I'm talking prop bets. I'm talking fantasy drafts. I'm talking waiver wires already. Dude, we are in the trenches of the football season and it's not even here yet. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I don't know if you can hear the kid in the background. Babies, you know, try to get her to nap. She won't do that. Kids are doing whatever they're doing. But uh, you mentioned football being back next week. We did get a little taste of it last night, right? I mean, there were some good college football games. I got roped into that Penn State-Purdue game, and that was awesome. But, <laughs> yes. uh, dude, we put out a bunch of content this week. Hope everybody's enjoying that. And um, to jump right into this podcast, I mean, kind of the biggest news that's come out over the last few days since we talked has been the team captain. So, Jake... We can run down a list. You can give me your thoughts on some of these guys, but um, can you name awesome. the? Can you say last year's before you say this year's? Because <laughs> more than anything, I, this is crazy, man. This is crazy when you look at the the captains from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. Yeah, so I wrote them down here and I put gross right after. But we got Jesse Davis, <laughs> we got Matt Collins, we got Landon Roberts, and then we got Jason McCourty and Clayton Fagidlium. So uh, I think the only one that's on that list again this year is Landon Roberts, but. Um, man, night and day from last year. You just wonder how much Brian Flores, you know, had his thumb in on some of those guys. Cause I mean, Jesse Davis is a Flores guy, right? I mean, McCordy mm-hmm. Roberts, they came from new England. So, um, these are kind of his guys, but dude, that was so gross, but dude, much better this year. Give me your thoughts on the 2022 team captains because, um, well, everyone's going to talk about the first name. Give me your thoughts. 
Yeah, there's seven of them. And obviously, um, the one everyone's heard, we got Tua, Javon Holland, Tyree Kill, Xavier Howard. You mentioned Olandon Roberts, Tron Armstead, and Christian Wilkins. Uh, yeah, let, let's just start with Tua here because I, we all, it was very well documented that he wasn't a captain last year. And I don't know if that was, you know, to light a fire or whatever that was, but um, it resulted in a lot of media attention, like a lot of things that the Dolphins did over the last, you know, three years had, and, and no one was able to put it to rest. Uh, but overall, I don't, I, I think we overplayed it. Breaking news, I think we overplayed it. And this year, we're doing the same exact thing. Uh, Josh, again, I, I think Tua should be a captain. I, I'm all for it. I'm all, you know, for supporting QB1. But, but man, it, this just seemed like so forest, a little trite, where where it, I think it was Mike McDaniel who said uh, that Tua got the most votes by a landslide, and it speaks a tremendous volume of where he is with the team and their belief with him. It's a tremendous honor. All those captains were bestowed that anointment by their peers. Oh my God, that's Mike McDaniel. <laughs> but, but, and then we even have Adam Schefter coming out with retweeting, like, this is the first time in Tua's NFL career he's been a captain. And I don't see those stories coming out about anyone else. I mean, I see this man as a cool little fun, like, hey, let's post a graphic. Let's have a little quote about it. Let's put that C on that jersey and let's get to work. Anything more than that, man. And I think it's a, it's a little too much. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of been the whole story this whole offseason, right? They combined been, between Tyree Kill and Mike McDaniel. They've just been boosting this guy up. And I mean, it's what this fan base did before he ever even came to town, let's be honest. So um, I guess yeah, right. I can kind of see why everyone's, you know, all about that. I, mean, I don't know if you mentioned it, but there was a rumor that, you know, Tua didn't even put his name in to be a captain last year because of everything that was going on and him, you know, expecting an inevitable trade. But um, no real surprise there. Hopefully he goes out there and, you know, proves it. I mean, I think it was Teron Armstead that said, you know, this is our captain. We're going to go as far as he leads us. And that's is true, you know, no matter what you think of Skylar Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater. So I love to see it. Love that that was the first, you know, image they showed with the 2022 captains was Tua. But um, another one that got me excited was Javon Holland. And you continue mm-hmm. to hear Mike McDaniel rave about him. You see, you know, Albert Breer and some of those other analysts throughout the NFL starting to really give, you know, credit where it's due. So um, this quote from Mike McDaniel, that's the makings of a special individual. The football world is in front of him. That is great news for the Dolphins when there's alignment with talent and respect. He's approaching the game to be great and he holds himself to a high standard. So um, I saw Tua, you know, got excited about that. But as soon as I saw Javon Holland, I mean, that kind of gave me goosebumps because it just tells you how special a player he is and how much he means to that defense. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to root for anybody who has that Dolphins jersey on, and that's just kind of the curse we're all stuck with. Uh, but you look at Tua, you look at Javon Holland, Xavier Howard, Christian Wilkins. What is that? Four of the seven captains. Those are homegrown guys. And not only like homegrown guys who are becoming captains, but you mentioned Javon Holland, someone who everyone around the league is talking about is that next big safety who's going to blow up and act like he don't know nobody. And that's pretty exciting in itself. And then Xavier Howard, you know about him being an all pro and Christian Wilkins who had his breakout year last year. So I think Javon Holland is just a perfect example of, uh, you know, the dolphins had a war chest of draft picks. They still maybe do a little bit, uh, but you can see a vision. You can see that Chris Greer has had some success and every team's going to have captains. The fact that it can be your guys, your guys who have been around for a couple of years, like Xavier Howard. I mean, that that's, kind of what feels exciting about this team. I mean, you know, everybody in the world likes to talk championship or bust and, and nothing else matters. But I, I see a group here, man, that has had to work their combined tail off a, a group of guys who were doubted time and time again, and just kept grinding and became great players. And like that, that's why you can't, you know, 
hang your hat on Super Bowl or bust because the, the story of Xavier and Howard kind of being raw and, you know, this guy who gives up big plays in the secondary, you know, there's all these stories, you know, maybe you reached on Christian Wilkins. He didn't have that great rookie season. It's exciting to see the growth, the homegrown guys develop into something special. Yeah, I mean, they're there at the Marlins game, right? Like throwing out the first pitch and things like that. I mean, these are mm-hmm. like, you exactly. want to say stars in the making. And um, I do have to mention, you know, I was kind of down on Xavier Howard. He had the injury concerns. You know, he was a little bit handsy, but he's 100%. been, the, again, best cornerback in football, in my opinion. But um, you mentioned some of those guys, those homegrown talents. Was it a surprise to you, Jake, that, you know, a Tyree Kill and Teron Armstead made this? I mean, I wrote down it was crazy because we haven't even seen Teron Armstead, you know, play a down in the preseason. So um, I don't know if it's crazy that they got voted in over some of the other guys at their position or if it's more just you know how important they are as leaders because um you know we continue to hear from mike mcdaniel chris greer how infectious tyree kills attitude is you know he's a competitor great teammate with the guys you can see him out there giving 100 percent down in and down out and it just makes everybody around him better so i mean, I mean we see what it's doing with Tua tongue of Aloha. you know whether we want to admit it or not him boosting him up giving him that confidence is why you know we're all going into this season with high hopes so uh, was it a shock to you that a teron armstead or tyree kill made um were captains because i mean i'm pretty sure they were at their last team so maybe it isn't too crazy yeah josh these are two great players in the nfl first and foremost and that's important to keep in mind um i want to start with tyree kill because i can't help but think about uh Mike McDaniel being on the Dan Labatard show talking about the process of, of, you know, convincing Hill to come to Miami. You know, he spoke about how he was grinding tape for so long and he was ready to do uh, his coaches speak, which might include dropping some F-bombs if you listen to his press conference yesterday. Uh, But it was all X's and O's with Tyree Kill. It was all what can this team do for you? I don't remember hearing anything about, you know, hey, you'll come in and be an instant leader on this team. But Josh, I think that might be the most underrated part of this entire thing. Tyreek Hill is is joined this franchise and has stood in front of it since the start. Like he's been so confident in his group. He's ready to defend his group. And it's it's better than just being that, you know, the, the silent guy. He's actually stepped up. He has clout throughout the NFL. And the fact he is bringing that aqua and orange vibe to, you know, new areas of the NFL, I want to say, is pretty exciting. And I think that's just been such an underrated aspect of this trade is the fact that Tyree Kill has come in and talk about like face of the franchise is like corny and cliche in itself. But but Tyree Kill has kind of come in and done that. He's come in and been that guy. Like if you if anyone has questions, you come to me. He's got the the track record to back up anything he wants to say. I think it was yesterday he tweeted out that uh, there was some video where some guy was doing stand-up comedy and got nailed in the face with a tomato and, and Tyree Kill quoted it saying, man, Tua must have been in that crowd. So it's just, you see it, right? You, you don't always see what these captains are doing. It's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. It's a lot of on the field stuff. Tyree Kill's made a point to put it out there for everyone. And I think that's why, you know, he probably is more than deserving is to be one of the team captains as one of the newer guys. And Toronto Armstead, I'll, I'll be a lot shorter with this one. Yeah, man, I'm a little surprised. We haven't seen him on the field. The the It just seems like the identity of him being on the Dolphins locked up as that left tackle. We just haven't been able to envish it, envision it yet. But so that makes it a little weird. Uh, but when you think about that offensive line, how many younger guys there are, I think Connor Williams is even 26 years old. I like seeing uh, Tron Armstead be one of those captains just for the sake of you're in the trenches. You have so many young guys there and he was brought in, I'm sure, too, to be a leader for the Robert Hunts, the Austin Jacksons and whoever else it may be. Liam Eikenbergs, you know, whatever. 
Yeah, and that's what's so exciting because you hear from the players, you know, that's who they're learning from. That's who they're taking it all in from. And let's not even, you know, front about it. Tyree Kill and Teron Armstead, they both got paid, you know, handsomely by this team. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they sat there and said, you know, Tyreek, we want you to be that leader. We want you to build everybody else's confidence up. You know, you see him going and doing that. I do think that that was one of the most underrated parts of that trade was, you know, you see a guy like Tyree Kill, you know, he's a superstar. You know, he can, you know, flash the deuces and be cocky. But um, I guess you don't really know what kind of person they are off the field and everything you're hearing, at least since he's come to Miami has been all the right things. The one thing I want to know, Jake, with you is the last guy on this list, Alandon Roberts. He was also a captain last mm-hmm. season. Um, you know, I guess what does that say about Landon Roberts? Because we joke he can tackle dudes into dudes, and you know, he's you know what he is, a thumper, you know, a guy that comes down and can lay the wood. But um, for him to be that consistent, I guess, factor in the middle and to get voted in over Jerome Baker, I mean, that was kind of a surprise. So, uh, what were your thoughts? Because I think he calls himself, you know, he's his motto is the dark grind, and he's always grinding behind the scenes. And you know, when you're named a team captain by your peers, that's a pretty big uh feat, especially with some of those guys around him. It really screams the Patriot way, doesn't it? In like a corny, cliche way that that this guy is Patriot's way from the ground up. That's probably why Brian Flores brought him in. And it's pretty cool because this is some guy, you know, we just mentioned. Tron Armstead, Tyree Kill got these honors. Partially, we don't even have to credit this because I think it takes away what they are as players. But these are two highly paid, well-known guys. So seeing them as captains might not be as a surprise as someone like Landon Roberts, who, uh, you know, is your starting middle linebacker. Josh... To me, he is one of those tone setters who is going to be, you know, just in the middle of every single conversation, just yelling, firing up his guys. And I think that's so important. I think he is outside of maybe Christian Wilkins, the most unique guy on this entire list, just because of that attitude he brings. And for me, man, I think I think Landon Roberts is a perfect example of what I'm really interested to see unfold this season, because I hope they win three rings like the example I'm about to make. But I know you're not a basketball guy, but Mark, uh, the Golden State Warriors, they had Mark Jackson, you know, Steph, young Steph Curry, young Clay Thompson, and, and he worked them. He worked them, you know, to the to the bone, just trying to get them to become stud professional basketball players. Uh, they never won with him, but Steve Kerr walks in and they start winning championships. And, you know, you can't ignore the what Mark Jackson did for that core. And I think that's how we're going to look at Brian Flores and to an extension of Landon Roberts. We're not going to be able to ignore what this uh, what they did to really develop this core and make them into the players they are. And I think Landon Roberts is that walking energy. Yeah, and I I mean you're gonna say I don't know much. I, I don't know a lot about basketball. I remember Muggsy Bogues <laughs> and Grandmama and La- Larry um but didn't wasn't there a monster trade that just went down? Was it his name Donovan Mitchell? Wasn't there a monster trade? So I, I just wanted to like, Cleveland. Yeah, I just want to act go. like Look I knew you. something about basketball. Um, but just be- to wrap up the captains, I mean, if you're looking at the list, you're replacing, you know, you're not actually, but Jesse Davis, you're swapping him out to Ron Armstead this year, Matt Collins with Tyreek Hill, Alan Roberts is that consistency, and then Jason McCourty and Fajilion for what Holland and Xavier Howard. So I mean it's just night and day, you know, the difference between these captains. Crazy. I think that's enough, Jake. Unless you got something else you want to say, let's head into a break and when we come back let's talk about some of the Dolphins smaller signings Clayton Fajidlium headed to the injured reserve and let's you know focus on that 75% complete practice squad after the break today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you your budget your life your style And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. 
It's magical. And the Dolphins, Josh, signed cornerback Justin Bethel, placed Clayton Fajilium on injured reserve. So, Josh, I think the the big note here is, one, I didn't know Clayton was dealing with an injury, but two, the Dolphins are still trying to find that cornerback depth, despite I, I think Mike McDaniel even came out and said he's comfortable with the guys they have. But, man, they, they need some sort of stability in that um, room just until Byron Jones comes back, and, and they're hoping Justin Bethel could be that. Yeah, or I mean, I, I guess the other thing you're kind of looking at is, is this just, you know, bringing a special teams guy that has familiarity with the Patriots? Because, um, you know, the Reindeer games is Ooh. going on right now before that week one game. Uh, you know, we lost Lynn Bowden Jr. to the Patriots. That stings, and I'm sure they're going to be <laughs> picking his brain. But, um, you know, so some think maybe Justin Bethel's here for that, but it does seem like he's going to be that special teams, I want to say, ace that Fajidlium was. Um, another guy that got sniped that kind of is painful and we should at least pour one out for is our boy Benito Jones. I, um, you know, joked that I didn't want to post a video before he was cut. He ended up getting cut and then claimed by Dan Campbell. So um, some movement, very small movement, but any thoughts on that? Because I know you were big on Benito Jones. That thread was uh, pretty damn nice. I was hoping that some lion and fans would find it and start retweeting it. That's why I I popped it back on the field the other day, but didn't have any luck with that. Yeah, man, Benito Jones, that's one of those guys you kind of would love to have on your practice squad because you know he can come up and Again, these are not world beaters. This is not Aaron Donald, but he's someone I think you could have called up instantly. And if Zach Sealer is out for a week, Christian Wilkins out for a week, you'll be comfortable. I'm not saying he will instantly replace their productivity, but he's someone who is going to have some success on the football field. And that's what's sad about that one. Josh, I I know you don't want to talk about Lynn Bowden Jr. too long, but I I thought Mike McDaniel's quote he had was absolutely perfect where somebody asked him, oh, no, are are you afraid that, uh, you know, Lynn Bowden's going to give Bill Belichick all your plays, the offensive playbook? And and Mike McDaniel just kind of said, I'm happy for Lynn. And, you know, all these playbooks are available on the internet. So it doesn't really make much of a difference to him. I, I love that, man. His quotes have been so nice this year. It's been it's been a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, Jake, I thought that was hilarious. I mean, I've been given PDFs of some of the offensive playbooks. I think if you Google it on Amazon, you know, you can pretty much buy, you know, an Atlanta Falcons, one of Washington, one San Francisco. So <laughs> it's definitely funny that he said that. But, um, you know, we joke, you know, Isaiah Ford goes to New England. Um, who was it? Malcolm Perry goes to New England. You know, they're the next Wes Welker. I, I want to say, I, I don't want to say he's the next Wes Welker, but if any of those, you know, from a talent wise, I think Lynn Bowden at least in my opinion, had the most potential out of, you know, an Isaiah Ford or Malcolm Perry. So who knows what will happen? You know, New England's banged up. I think they just put someone on IR. But, um, yeah, that definitely hurt me almost as much as Benito Jones did. Hey, one quick thing before we go through this practice squad, that's about 75% uh, full. Uh, Preston Williams hasn't been signed. Is, is that completely radio silent? Are you surprised about that? Yeah, especially when they were talking about how, you know, the Dolphins were close to, you know, they had some offers to trade him. I mean, if you really did, I mean, unless he's doing his due diligence or, you know, maybe there's an injury there. I mean, you were talking about Clayton Fajilium. You said how you didn't even know he was hurt. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should start getting a little bit, you know, looking into when Mike McDaniel talks about these injuries because Byron Jones sounded promising at one point. You know, he's sitting Mm -hmm. here saying he's very, very, very confident that Jalen Waddle will play in week one. But I hear all that and I still just think, you know. I still get a little bit queasy. So Fajidlium just randomly going on the IR. Um, what was it? Adam Shaheen failed a physical and is out for the year. I mean, something yep. to keep an eye on. Sorry to spitball there, but um, yeah. And to, that's why I think it's so important to kind of, I mean, 
I, I don't know how many people who listen to this podcast are in the NFL, but I think that, you know, any place you work, it's so important to, if you're going to say something publicly about your, your place of work, you need to be sure you are confident in what you want to say, because I could see a scenario, man, that this practice squad, 75% full. If Preston Williams wasn't tweeting or, or maybe, you know, coming out and saying uh, different things, like he needs more snaps and practice, whatever it may be. I'm not saying that's the difference from him being on the roster, but I, I'm saying it would have probably helped a little bit and maybe pushed him more in the right direction. So, so that's going to be our everlasting uh, impression on Preston Williams. I hope he gets picked up somewhere, man. We love the talent. We love the player and uh, the unicorn deserves to be prancing all over the football field. Yeah. He's free now. So is Limboden. I mean, hopefully they, like you said, stick somewhere and can have success because even Limboden Jr. in New England, I mean, you hate to see it, but you're still kind of rooting for him because um, again, he was a fan favorite. Let's run through this uh, practice squad list, Jake. Um, I guess not too many surprises. I'll start Braylon Sanders, the wide receiver, uh, Kalen Barnes, Larnell Coleman. I keep spelling that with two L's, and I'm just going to say I'm doing that on purpose because of all the L's he took in preseason, but that's that's not true at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cameron Good, Porter <laughs> Gustin, uh, Veron McKinley, uh, the, the safety, you know, Javon Holland's best friend, you know, one of those guys who could come in there. You know, they signed Justin Bethel, but maybe that's because he's, you know, the veteran and, you know, maybe it's only a matter of time before McKinley's up there. So I only ran through a little bit of that list, Jake. I'll let you finish it. But give me some of your thoughts on, you know, some of these players. Uh, a lot of these players, Josh, it's depth. So how about we do this? How about we go back and forth? We each, you know, we'll do three rounds. We each pick a player we want to talk about. And for me, man, it starts with Zaquandri White. And the way Miami's running back depth has just really developed this year has been so interesting to me. Um, Barry Jackson, Miami Herald, had a fantastic article talking about how Savan Ahmed and Miles Gaskin uh, survived, I think is the best way to put it. You know, how, you know, you hear Sony Michelle's hired or uh, signed and, and they're instantly back in the weight room grinding. You know, you signed Chase Edmonds early. You signed Raheem Mostert early. You have a whole new offensive staff. So I think just seeing uh, that running back room is very interesting to me. And I, I think there's going to be a four or five week stretch where we'll see Zaquandre White on the active roster. And I could see him be an exciting option as a receiving a third down uh, running back. I don't think it'd be much more of that, especially in his rookie season. But if you lose a Chase Edmonds or Raheem Mostert, and, and it just really starts to um, uh, mess up that rotation there, I could see him catching a couple passes this year and making a couple guys miss. Yeah, you definitely, I mean, I've been stoked on White. So, I, I mean, I would love to see it. I'm kind of a little surprised you said he'd be up on the main roster that much, but he does have, you know, a skill set. He plays running back. Again, and Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan's, I guess, you know, their system where we joke that they can plug and play just about anybody. I'll shift focus to one of the guys, you know, who they just signed, who I didn't honestly know a lot about until, um, you know, they they did sign to the practice squad. Offensive lineman James Empey, uh, Four-year starter at BYU, played center and guard a little bit. There was a video circulating. But, um, you know, the Dolphins need interior line help. Yes, he didn't stick around with the Dallas Cowboys, and I guess they clearly didn't have interest on bringing him back on the practice squad, um, you know, from the way it looks. But that's a guy who, you know, can fill in maybe, and we, we have a weakness there. You know, we're still uncertain about Connor Williams. Michael Dieter is what he is. So who knows what James Empey could end up doing. Um. But that was one guy that kind of stood out and a guy who I, I don't think I'm going to be honest, I and many Dolphin fans don't know too much about. And I think it's something just to kind of keep in mind that the Dolphins, I think, are going to if someone struggles like brutally on that offensive line, I, I think they're going to try to try different things, pick up different guys, especially if it's just one piece, uh, because I think this line is pretty improved. And, and if there's one, you know. 
hole in the dam that, that's just springing leaks. I think they're going to try to do every, you know, every brand of duct tape they can find to fix it. Um, I look back and, and I think about that Adam Gase year, what, 2016, when, when JHI ran wild. I think the, I think Gase, what, cut four, three starting offensive, Dallas Thomas, Billy Turner. And, and I think there was one more in that list that he just straight up cut in week four. The Dolphins just started, you know, playing uh, makeshift offensive linemen and they made it work. Uh, so I'm interested to see how this line develops and really shuffles throughout the year. Josh, the Dolphins currently have three wide receivers on the practice squad. Uh, River Crawcraft. Craycraft. Craycraft. Yeah, Craycraft. I was going to say, someone was Craycraft. giving us crap. Craycraft. They were giving us Craycrap. Yeah, yeah, about that. So, so yeah, waving my fist up in there. No, it, it's so hard to keep up with so many last names. And I, I apologize because I, I know, you know, the one thing you can do is, is you know, keep up with everyone's name but but it can get tough at times i'm interested to see him man i i think he's another one who i think is going to be um, active on game day more times than we'd expect i go back to you know you think about week three against the eagles he led the team in targets i think that's really important to see how much he was working with that first team i think you know if Jalen waddle misses a couple weeks if mike mcdaniel's crossing his fingers as he says he's very very confident i think craycraft someone who you're going to bring up to the uh you know, on game days, I'm not saying he's going to be Jalen Waddle, but I think he's someone who you can put in there and be relatively comfortable that he'll, you know, make a play or two and, and catch a couple balls. Yeah, Jake. I mean, I think, you know, we all saw River Craw- Craycraft, I almost said Crawcraft. We all saw River Craycraft <laughs> could do in that last game, you know, and again, the familiarity in this offense, all that stuff. Another wide receiver, I'm just going to touch on him. I think I'm going to cheat here and try to throw Cameron Good in here too, but um, they picked up um, Freddie Swain from the Seattle Seahawks. They signed him to the practice squad. He has familiarity returning kicks, Jake. Uh, 38 total catches in his career, 502 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, this is a guy who Seattle, they didn't have many weapons. I don't think that last year, you know, and um, Russell Wilson found this man. He was a target and, you know, some of it was broken coverage, but who knows what he could end up doing. And I said, I was going to double up. I just want to throw Cameron Good's name out there. I'll let you do too, if you Mm -hmm. want. Um, But I mean, he, I don't want to say stood out more than Channing Tindall, but I mean, you kind of felt him a little bit more like his presence. And, you know, there was a big hit he had on Saturday against the Eagles. So he was one that I thought when the Dolphins cut him, they were not going to be able to sign him. I thought he'd get claimed, you know, along with the Benito Jones, but he didn't. So I'm excited to see what Cameron Good can do because I said it once, I'll say it again. You can't spell Cameron Wake is good without Cameron. I don't forget what I said. Just forget it. Uh, Who else you like on this list, Jay? Um. I hinted at it earlier, Josh, but Mike McDaniel, he was telling, speaking to his philosophy a little bit. And we can see more of this when someone becomes a head coach, right? They got more time to share opinions. They have more things they have to do. And Mike McDaniel made a point. He said that, you know, he thinks that the defensive line edge rush is such an important position. And he said to Chris Greer, draft these guys each and every year. That's how important they are. And Porter Gustin is another one I thought was a big, big surprise. He didn't make the 53-man roster. But I think, too, you know, an injury or two, he's someone you'd be very comfortable with coming in and taking snaps. At pass rusher, I wouldn't say he's the greatest when it comes to stop the run uh but in terms of you need that andrew van ginkle your hair's on fire and you need to either get a sack or block a punt i could see porter gustin kind of taking over that spot i i Kind of like Josh in general, this new practice squad, because in, in years past, it would be, you know, maybe a couple guys would come up. But but here there seems like there's a couple different names we'd be relatively comfortable with in general if they had to come up and play a game or two. And you feel kind of OK about it. Obviously, you don't want your guys to be injured. But I mean, the depth pieces that we see here, there's been some talent in this preseason if you've been watching. Yeah, and shame on me, Jake. I think I said Kalen Barnes' name at the beginning of this. He was a seventh-round pick by the Carolina Panthers in this year's draft. Um, Four-year letterman at Baylor. He was with uh, the Carolina Panthers. They ended up releasing him. The Dolphins signed him to the practice squad. 
Again, it's a Baylor corner, very speedy. I, I mean, maybe him and Xavier Howard, you know, they got that tie. Maybe he could really turn him into something else. Um, <laughs> some of the other names on this list, Jake, um, to round it off, Ben Stilley. I think we did say that name right. Uh, Niles Scott. And then uh, we said James Empey and Freddie Swain. So they have 12 of 16 guys signed right now. Um, still four more spots. And who, who knows who, you know, they can end up going for. I don't know about you, Jake, but when the Niners cut Trey Sermon, I was kind of, you know, I emoji in that because, yes, he's kind of been a bust there in San Francisco, but that's a guy who Mike McDaniel raved about. And I was really hoping he'd end up on the Dolphins, you know, roster or practice squad, but the damn Eagles sniped him. Yeah, I don't even know if the Dolphins were even interested. Obviously, if I don't know any situation where someone's going to come out and say anything bad about a player, especially in this situation. Uh, but considering Miami's depth at running back, I, I didn't ever think it'd be an option to see Trey Sermon come in. Obviously, you love the college tape. Uh, you love the name. I loved the name going into last year. But but I kind of, for once, I'm in a situation where I, I'm cool sticking with our guys. Yeah, and I guess if they wanted a running back that they were familiar with, maybe they would uh, have brought Jared Dokes back. I think he's still around there somewhere. Good so point, yeah. Who knows, man? But yeah, you're right. This is a loaded practice. I'm coming. <clears throat> okay, hold on. And then you can just take us out and I'll fins up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, you're right. From top to bottom, you know, you feel pretty good about some of these players. And, you know, a Porter Gus and a Cameron Good, you know, all it takes is, you know, them getting their chance. And who knows what could come of it. Josh, the one thing I know, we are – a week away from the football season beginning next Sunday, we will have the Miami Dolphins hosting the New England Patriots at Hard Rock Stadium. And man, I am excited. But that is all the time we have. We did it. This is a four podcast week. You can tell football season is here. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you so much for clicking on every podcast we put out. Thank you so much for letting us be part of your day for Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh show. We'll talk to you next time. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one.